0: guys, I'm so excited for this conversation. We've been chatting honestly for a good 20 minutes off air and I'm like, oh my gosh, (laughs) we have so much in common. So Bobby, welcome. I'm so excited to have you here.
1: Thank you so much for having me. I know I feel like we could have gone on all day just chatting away and just forgotten to actually record it for the podcast.
0: I know. I'm like, oh my gosh, like we have so much in common. I could keep going and keep going and keep going. But um, I want to hop on here. Let me first introduce you to everyone because you guys, this is this is like the the passion the area of my life that I'm most passionate about because I feel like it's like that area that is not talked about enough and it's the hardest thing. It's that financial aspect. So many people are afraid of it. It's hard to teach it. You don't want to talk about it and you've really honed in this area. So, let me introduce you guys to Bobby Rebel. She is a certified financial planner and the host of the Financial Grown Up with Bobby Rebel CFP podcast. As a well co-host of Money with Friends podcast with Joe Saul-
1: Hi, I'm probably saying that name wrong. See hi, <laughs> Joe Salsi. Hi, I know, I know, it's a mouthful, but he's terrific.
0: Okay, uh, her book "How to Be a Financial Grown-Up: Proven Advice from High Achievers on How to Live Your Dreams and Have Financial Freedom" was released in 2016 and featured financial role models including Kevin O'Leary, Tony Robbins, Cynthia Rowley, Sally Krawcheck, and Drew Barrymore. In 2017, she left her job as a global business. TV anchor and a personal finance columnist at the Thomas. I'm saying all these Thompson names Reuters.
1: Right. I know that's a mouthful too. Oh, Thompson gosh, Reuters. Well, there was mouthful. a merger. Yeah, exactly. <laughs>
0: uh, she left it to expand the financial grown-up brand into the channels of financial education content. Later that year, she obtained her CFP certification. Previously, Bobby had worked at CNBC, CNN, and PBS Nightly Business Report. Bobby is now a frequent keynote speaker, EMC conference host, moderator, and continues to anchor local TV news reports on a freelance basis. She also works with prestigious brands, and on-camera hosts, influencers, and brand ambassadors to help amplify their message. Current and past clients include J.P. Morgan Asset Management, Tally Technologies, um, Synchrony, TransferWire, Hightower, and Cope Think. She is a graduate of the University of Pennsylvania and received her certification in financial planner from New York University. Bobby lives in New York City with her husband, three kids, and her Morky Waffles. She is working on her next book, Raising Financial Grownups. That was a mouthful. You're amazing, Bobby.
1: <laughs> oh my gosh. Thank you. And the Morky Waffles <laughs> is sitting right by my side looking at me. I just fed her Hi, eggs Morky. this morning. So yeah. So Waffles is, uh, yeah, she's participating silently, hopefully, in this interview. <laughs> she may so chime I- in. We'll see.
0: I mean, so your first book was really targeted at millennials, and and explain explain the the basis behind the first book and what you could really dive in and learn by reading that. And I really want to dive into kind of your next book because I think that this year, as we're recording this, you guys, it's 2020. Um, this will probably not come out to 2021. But we're all in this uh, realm of relearning things, figuring out how how things look different, how financially things look different, but also how we need to teach and educate other people that we influence. So your next book is um, right now going to be titled Raising Grownups. And I really want to dive in and if you can give people tips on that. But so, tell us about your, your last book first.
1: So How to Be a Financial Grownup featured interviews with some amazing Headliners in the business space. And some were people that you would think of. I had the heads of, you know, big corporations like Macy's and, you know, Mass Mutual Insurance and that kind of thing. And then I also had celebrities, as you mentioned. I had Kevin O'Leary. We had Tony Robbins. Drew Barrymore um, actually contributed uh, contributed a story, Cynthia Rowley. And they were incredibly relatable stories. And what I did is I used those stories as jumping off points to learn money lessons. So, for example, Cynthia Rowley, she gave me the story about how she was first discovered. And she had to get together a collection of clothing to show a buyer at a prestigious department store basically in a handful of days and she didn't know anything about what she was doing. And the lesson there is that you have to be a quick learner and you have to rise to the occasion even if the timing is not right for what you're doing. Um, Kevin O'Leary had a great story about discovering his mom had secret bank accounts that he didn't discover until after she had passed. The lesson there, of course, talk to your parents. Know what's going on in your finances, not just your own, but also you know, connect with them and understand not in a nosy way, but in a way that you're going to be there. What if they need your help and you need to know how to help them just pay their bills if something happens? You know, have that dialogue, communicate with your family. So each lesson from these amazing, I call them, you know, my role models, had, you know, led into a financial lesson that would help young adults become financial grown-ups. And the funny thing, Christy, was that a lot of people that were not millennials, that were not in their 20s and 30s said they loved the book because they hadn't really thought about those topics and they kind of were faking it along the way and they never did a deep dive into really understanding how these things work. How does compound interest work? How does budgeting work? How does living below your means work? I mean, we had the head of Macy's talking about buying a dumpy car because that was the right decision for him to live the rest of his life the way that he wanted. So it was a lot of great stories. It was so much fun and I loved putting the book together. Uh, my next book, it's right now it's called Raising Financial Grown Ups." I think because of Coronavirus, we might tweak it and call it launching financial grownups because we've had this generation of young people that have effectively, for all the right reasons, moved home with their parents. And this has never happened before. We've had slackers moving home. We've had people move home. I lived at home for about six months, saving up money to, you know, kind of have enough money for a down payment for rent and then have enough money for a down payment to buy an apartment. But we've never had people moving home because of forces that had nothing to do with them, right? It's nothing to do, my stepdaughter's home, she's 24, she's got an amazing job, she's got a boyfriend, she's got her life, she's fully functional, there's nothing bad going on, and yet she's at home because of the coronavirus. So we're all going to face this dilemma in the fall, hopefully, maybe even sooner, of how do we relaunch these young adults into the world as financially independent young people? And I think the book will be a huge tool for that. It's going to be really helpful for that.
0: Well, just to touch on your your past book, I I think I love reading. Education is something I'm honestly obsessed with. And anytime that I get out of that realm of not reading or not absorbing or not, I'm, I'm not in my best state, if that makes sense. I'm my best when I'm like having things pour into me. And what I love about you mentioning with that book is I think when you read something or when you read someone's book, you can literally learn 10 years of someone's mistakes, lessons, in, in a matter of a week, that's, that's the beauty of reading and learning from other people. And what you've done is taken all of these different people, their lessons and compiled them into one thing. Like that is, that is amazing. Um, so let me just first say that, like, I cannot wait to read this book now. I just actually did Tony Robbins podcast, um, not podcast, his workshop. Um, He's great.
1: He wrote the forward for the book.
0: Oh, did he really? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I'm very interested. Um, what what are some of Tony's, uh, if, if you don't care, like what are some of his biggest lessons from a financial perspective?
1: Oh my goodness, he talks a lot about being able to make decisions and not making excuses, and I think that's really important. He shared the story of how he grew up um, with so much turmoil at home, and you know he literally worked as a janitor and had to pull himself up, and he really just you know was so self-made, and I just I've been to his. Um, his events in person, which people are really, gosh, I hope those come back bigger and better than ever because being with Tony, even in a stadium environment is so special and so inspiring. So I was just honored that he, that he was part of the book.
0: That's awesome. Um, and then switching back gears to raising grown grownups, uh, I guess what would be three tips that you would have to implement? Cause it's not taught. Uh, financial things are not taught in our school system. So it's really as the role models, if we have children in our life or whoever, whoever it may be, even friends that we need to influence. um, What are three tips that you would give people to walk away with um, for raising grownups?
1: And first of all, thank you for mentioning that they're not, that it's not really taught in our school system. There is a growing effort to teach it. And I do want to just commend the people that are trying, but studies do show that a lot of, and this is a lot of why I'm writing this book, Launching Financial Grownups, because it's not always as effective. There's absolutely lessons along the way. Absolutely. But the real crunch is when young adults are faced with actual decisions and actual consequences from those decisions. They see the impact. So for example, my stepdaughter who had me guiding her and watching every step still was in for a shock when she got her first paycheck. And there was this Big scream. And this is a kid who's an outperformer. She got an amazing job out of college. She's getting a very good salary. And yet, the scream, Christy, when she got her paycheck and saw how much was taken out from taxes, from the uh, fully funded 401k that I made her put in the maximum amount for that. I made her put in the maximum amount for the health savings account, which is tied to her high deductible health care plan. That was the best deal for her. It was the right thing for her. And we talked about that. She still could not believe how much we we as a country pay in taxes. So I think there's something to be said for the real world and really getting your first paycheck and seeing what that is. Your first paycheck, first of all, as a part-time person in school sometimes, but also your first sort of real full-time job out of school and seeing how little we keep and the reality of it. Um, in terms of three lessons, I think the first one is to communicate with the people around you and learn from them and pay attention to the everyday lessons. That's something that I do with my, um, now 13 year old. I know when we go to, I remember once we passed, we were in a mall, we passed a Gucci store and he said, Oh, I heard about that store in um, in a a rap song or something he listened to. And so I said, well, you know, do you, do you want to go in and look? And we looked and he looked at the scarf and it was a Gucci scarf and it was something like $695. And I said, or or we, I think we guessed what it would be. And he guessed $15 and we looked at it, it was $695. And he said, mom, why is that so much? And I said, well, look at all the marketing that they do. And you're hearing about the brand name and it's a very fine fabric and it's in this beautiful store in this beautiful mall. And, and he said, mom, I got your back." I know where we can get another one. And do you know where he wanted us to go to get another scarf with G's all over it? Where? The gap. He's like, I got you covered. It was great. So the first thing is just to discuss with your family and, you know, observe in real life because that's the most, you know, real thing. The second thing is to learn about your credit score and understand how much that's going to impact because, That is something that you can start building very early on and will serve you well. Again, to my stepdaughter, she's probably going to buy her own own apartment at some point soon and she is incredibly, I'm so impressed by this, she's incredibly conscious of her her credit score and how much she's worked on getting it higher, learning about how the credit score is put together. The most important thing is paying all your bills on time. And to some degree, you want to create some bills to pay on time. You know, when you can get a credit card, charge just a little bit and pay it all off, because that will start to build a track record of showing lenders that you can be responsible. And you can pay your bills. And then the final thing, and you're an expert at this, is just learning about budgets, learning don't spend more than you have. And that's something where there's a lot of apps for it. But I also think, especially when you're first learning, I mean, things like an organizer that has, you can just write down what you're spending each day. When you're first learning, that can be really priceless because when you really see it, almost like when you're counting calories and you write it down in a notebook and you don't lie, you're honest with yourself because this is just about you. That is really powerful and really understanding the difference it makes in your savings. I mean, my friend David Bach jokes about the latte factor and how, you know, those small things add up. I don't think there's anything wrong with buying a bunch of small things, but understand what you're doing to your goals. And if that fits within your goals, that's fine. But you may find yourself regretting um, some financial decisions. And by the way, that's okay too we all make so many mistakes. I am the queen of money mistakes. That's part of why I love to talk about it because I make mistakes all the time, even now.
0: And that's where we learn and grow and change the most. And and sometimes a lot of these lessons are not even felt until we feel them personally. And you guys, I did not pay her to say what she just said. Like, it's funny, (laughs) like our start planner, like what you just said, word for word. um, I actually personally run my Personal finances using QuickBooks Online. So I run a chart of accounts for my personal finances, um, and that's weird to a lot of people. But for me, I'm so like dialed in. Like I can run a profit and loss statement and know exactly where my money is. Like I'm very dialed in with my budgets and my numbers. But when teaching it, it that's a habit that that grew and grew and grew. So like I'm sound in that area, but I constantly am still having to going through the year of the pandemic, relooking, reallocating, rebudgeting, changing, pivoting, like all the things, right? Mm -hmm. But I think that, that until you get to those apps and until you can get to those things that are automated in place, the best way to do it is pen and paper. Yes. And literally writing it down and understanding where all of your money is, where all of your money is going. Um, for a lot of, for a lot of people, it's understanding where that debt is. Those, those credit cards that Mm -hmm. you don't educate, we don't educate about, they get those credit cards. And, like you said, like so many people don't get credit cards in the beginning because you should get credit cards when you're young. But a lot of people don't. Like I know many people in their mid-20s that have no credit because they never even got anything. And then I know other people that got credit cards straight out, Never, were never taught how to use them and are just paying minimum payments and just compounding interest on really high interest rates that they do not even aware of. Yeah. Um, so just really writing all of that down and writing all of that concrete information allows you to understand it and retain it on a different level. And that's where I feel like the strongest way you can build budgets is by writing it down. So I'm just so thankful you said that.
1: No, and it's a strong reinforcement. The fact is my 13-year-old son, what he's taught with his skills teacher right now, because in middle school, they're learning a lot about organization. They do have a computerized system where all of their assignments are outlined for them and the teachers put them on the in this power school system but they still the school literally gave each child a planner this year and they want the kids to be writing down their assignments in addition to on the computer and it's hard because my son pushes back but these educators do understand that when you want habits to form the written word can be really helpful for many people we are going to take a quick little break to hear a word from our sponsor This podcast is brought to you by StartPlanner.com, your tool for a more organized life. Featured in Forbes, Entrepreneur, and Inc.com, StartPlanner was created to meet the demands of today's busy lifestyle, helping you to plan, execute, and organize every aspect of your life in one concise system. Align schedules, to-dos, finances, health, wellness, goal setting, and clear action steps to all work together and drive results. Learn more at StartPlanner.com.
0: The written word can be so helpful. And it's also, there's something with that brain-mental connection and retainment. There's so many studies that show that people in, in college or in school that take notes on an app or by typing them out does not retain as much by people taking notes that actually write them out. Isn't that interesting?
1: I totally agree. I know it is interesting the way our brains function, but it's been and, proven.
0: Yeah, and and literally, like I said, I just did that conference. I literally walked away with 10 pages of notes and I was like, written. Mm-hmm. And I can't tell you how much I've referred back to them and highlighted them and went to them and I do want to transcribe them to an online platform place so that I can re- reference them and have them in a different capacity, but that they will never take away that that mental writing things down. Um, yeah,
1: and now the so truth is, you can take a photo of it and just import it into your uh-huh. into your electronic system. So, or yep. you can you know rewrite them, which will also bring them in in a stronger way.
0: Yep, yep. And so that's typically what I do. So I use Evernote to organize. It's an online app. So, so do so I. A lot of my okay, there you go. So a lot of my notes I just transcribe there and take photos and and put there. Uh, but like you said, sometimes I want to re-put them in in a different mm-hmm. way. Um, and just because you process processing things differently. And that's how totally. you learn. And that's how you grow. And that's how you retain information.
1: Absolutely. It's so effective.
0: I love it. Um, well, uh, what would be a big tip, I guess, to leave everybody on? You've got uh, communicating. We've got the credit score. We've got the budgets. Um, but that is all like really teaching someone else. What would you say that someone that's listening to this that is feeling the financial weight of the year, of whatever? Like what, what is one piece of advice that you would tell someone that is listening to this and is like, I want to feel more financially in control?
1: I would first of all tell them to forgive themselves because we all make mistakes and this is an extraordinary time. You know, I put up on my Instagram the other day I was having trouble getting organized to film money with friends, and I was just procrastinating. And I asked our audience on Instagram for tips on how to get over this procrastination. And the audience did send in a bunch of tips to actually, you know, work through procrastination, a lot of the things that you would think about. But several of them, and I love this, said, just lean into it. It's okay. Forgive yourself. Give Maybe that's your sign that you need a break. So I would say to people that are making financial mistakes, just acknowledge it, accept it, and then do better. Then move on, but don't beat yourself up because we've all been there. And I think it's important to just take, you know, take steps to undo the damage if you've done a lot of damage. There's nothing wrong, by the way. For example, I tell people, and I don't know why. People don't think about this or people don't want to do it. But if you've splurged on something that maybe you shouldn't have bought, I definitely have. I am a sucker for anything that's driven. I talk about this now a lot because I've just come clean. If there's a gift set available, like I will just, I will always top off that gift cart, like the the shopping cart. If there's a gift set available and I can only spend I spend, you know, X dollars more and you get this free gift. I do that all the time. But the truth is if you buy things that you then realize you probably shouldn't have bought, you can return them return them. It's that simple. And then you've undone the damage. And to some degree, you still got the thrill of buying them. But if you don't need them, return them. If you spent more money than you should have one month, spend less the next month or go and earn more. Do things to undo the damage, but don't beat yourself up. Take proactive, specific steps to undo the damage so that you can move forward and learn from the lesson. Um, But this is just such a hard time. So I just think it's important that we have, I don't know, you know the expression, give ourselves some grace, I guess, is what I'm saying.
0: And I think that lesson that you just left everybody with can be applied, not just to financial aspect, to all aspects. Um, learning that life is life and we're meant to to grow and to evolve and transform and to learn. And learning um, is part of that growth. It's part of all of our individual journeys on whatever aspect of life that we're talking about um, and learning to let go. I'm actually re- reading a book right now called Letting Go by David <laughs> Hawkins. I don't know if you've read his
1: book. Uh, I have not, but it sounds good.
0: It's an amazing book. And, um, it's something that I have a really hard time doing because the, the second that you let go, you feel as if you're not in control. Mm-hmm. Um, but you sometimes have to let go and just, uh, you know, look face and face of the reality, give yourself grace and move forward in whatever direction that you need to.
1: There's so much that we are not in control of right now that to some degree you have to just let it happen. I mean, you and I were talking before we started recording about the fact that my son has been to school for six days in person since March. And it's very upsetting to me, but I've also had to just realize I can't control this. Um, I'm not the decision maker at his school and there's nothing that I can do other than help him um, to try to not make this a lost year of learning, but I can't control the school. I can't control the decisions made around this virus. I can't control so many things that are happening. And that's what we're all sort of learning to just let go and be, and do our best with what we are facing.
0: Yep. Cause we're enough, whatever it yep. is, we're enough. We have everything in us that we need to, to pivot, to accept, uh, and to move forward with grace. So Absolutely. I love that. So Bobby, tell everyone where they can find you, where they can follow you. Um, I feel like we could talk all day, but I want I, I wanted to make sure that people know where they can get your information and really dive into financial stuff um, where they can do that.
1: Well, everything is centered on my website, which is just my name, com. B-O-B-B-I, R E B E L L dot com. From there, you can learn about my financial grown up website. And Christy, you're going to be on the podcast um, actually probably before this air. So you can go subscribe and you can already listen to Christy's episode of the financial grown up podcast. Also, you can get to our money with friends podcast, which is so much fun. So we record this podcast, Christy, live on YouTube. So go to the YouTube money with friends page, our channel, and please subscribe. You'll get notifications and you can be part of our live studio audience, live social media audits, I should say, where we you can ask the guests questions and leave your comments and get shout outs in the show. Some of the regular guests we have on that show, it's a rotating cast of eight guests every season. We have David Bach on the show. He's the gentleman behind The Latte Factor. He wrote Rich Women Finish First, um, things like that. And um, we have Farnoosh Charabi is a regular guest on that. We have Grant Sabatier from Millennial Money is a regular guest. So many incredible, Bola so many amazing money thought leaders that collaborate with us on that podcast. So definitely do that. And you can also subscribe to the audio podcast in all the usual places. We basically break down um, everyday headlines you see in the news and we explain why they matter and what you need to know about them. So when you read something complicated happening in government legislation, we'll explain why it's happening and like what you can do with it, how this can help you or what you need to know about it so that you do the right thing for you. And I just love the show so much. Um, and I co-host it with Joe Salcihi, who's known for his hosting of the Stacking Benjamin Show. That's his other podcast.
0: I love it. I love it. And I love that your passion lies in this. Um, thank you. It's so needed. And uh, thank you so much for allowing this time and space for me to interview you as well. And you guys, it is going to be a completely different conversation um, on her podcast. Uh, so definitely go check that out and listen and um absorb more of her information because she is a wealth of knowledge.
1: Oh, thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Thank
0: you, Bobby, And you guys, we will see you all next week for more content. You can find any links discussed in this podcast in the description below. If you like this episode, please leave us a review and hit the subscribe button. It helps us so much. You can listen on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, or Spotify. We are here weekly with brand new episodes. See you guys soon.